Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You are listening to the Mr. and Mrs. Podcast with your hosts, Mr. Max and Mrs. Lacey. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. If I'm not back back again this time tomorrow. Carry on, carry on. (laughs) Always mix those two songs up. Why? Because they have the same cadence? Yes. Except for the, the voices sound totally different. Sort of. I guess I, they, they're kind of like s- smooth, right? Yeah, I'll just sing it right now, okay? Hello, okay. is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. If I'm not back again this time tomorrow, <laughs> carry on. Yeah, you're, you're it's like the same song. Yeah, totally, totally <laughs> same song. <laughs> I'm giving a weird face right now. <laughs> When you first did that, like <laughs> I remember, it was like several years ago, and I'm just like, okay, kinda, for some reason that works. It totally works. Well, how you doing, uh, Mrs. Lacey? I'm doing okay. How Is, are you? Doing all right. You know, we did uh, something last week that was pretty awesome. We went to that that Michael Jetson sing along over at the Alamo. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, very fun. Oh, two hours. I can't two believe hours that. Like, of it was Michael Jackson videos. Five bucks, two hours, and lots of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's a way to do it. Well, it was like it was a dance party. It was like they call it a dance sing along party. Yes, had to get the the uh, libations going to Lucy, Lucy the Goosey. Yeah, they you start dancing with strangers and shit. They give you a single white sequin glove and and a mirror and a little mirror and so little. you can look at yourself and sing. I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Ah, don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> I know she sounds exactly. Like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I thought the f- the third prop was funny, which was the uh, popper. I was like, why is that for Remember the Time? They had like a popper. <laughs> you're supposed to pop at the end of Remember the Time. Uh, I don't know. That was a weird-ass video, by the way. Yeah. I forgot The Eddie weirdest Murphy. video is the one with um, Lisa Marie, though. Yeah, because she's like... That like weird 80s graphics. It's not 80s. It was like way, like early 2000s right there. That's what that really? is. Yeah, it's way early thousands. Oh, it's so bad. And they're both shirtless. Like, and she's Michael, all oiled no up. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see Michael Jackson shirtless. He's like yeah. he's like negative white. Yeah. It's like looks like a baby. If you ever open a can of paint that doesn't have any tint in it, it looks like that. <laughs> he looks like that. That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> it was fun though. It was it was a blast actually. I, w- I would do definitely do it again. Not the Michael Jackson one. Maybe like a Queen one or something like that. Yeah. But two hours worth of Queen that'd be a little much. Sounds heavenly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe we'll play some Lionel Richie. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening to our voices, you're listening to the Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. Another week has gone by. Well, a little over a week. Mm-hmm. We posted last Monday. Now it's today is Tuesday. Trying our best to stay weekly. Yes. We're gonna it's tr- not try. easy. It's Got a not lot e- of shit going on. Yeah. This is Mr. Max. I'm Mrs. Lacey. And... Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Mr. and Mrs. Podcast and Mr. and Mrs. Podcast.com if you want to listen to our podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Podcast. Well, I started last week. Yeah. This week, we're doing a continuation part two, I guess. Yeah. Right? Finalization. A finalization of legalization of marijuana. Yeah. Should I play that, that, that weed track again? No. No. You didn't like that last time? <laughs> it was the, fine. The Rasta. <laughs> Get up, stand up. Yeah, like I said last time, it was our first uh, listener-generated subject, and it was a big, hairy subject. <laughs> hairy? Nasty. 
Lots had, a, of, had a little furs on it, little uh, little purple buds. Yeah. And so last time I kind of talked mostly about the health, um, the health drawbacks and the health benefits and uh, kind of weighing, you know, because people get caught up in the idea that marijuana is good. And because they're fighting to legalize marijuana, all they do is talk about how good it is. The benefits, yeah. But it would be naive to say that marijuana is all good for you. No, it has some... Every, that's everything. Yeah. And so what like, I talked so about... good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I talked about last time was the health benefits versus the health drawbacks and kind of weighing that to decide, should we make it legal or shouldn't we make it legal? Yeah. So now what I'm going to talk... That was kind of... We were weighing the health benefits to see if we should make it legal. Now I'm g- going to weigh the societal drawbacks. And it's mostly drawbacks because there's not there's not a lot of evidence that the war on drugs has benefited us. Yeah. And so it's not just legalization of marijuana. It's the war on drugs as a whole. Um, I'll talk s- some specific numbers about legalization. But, you know, we can weigh the pros and cons health-wise pretty easily. But weighing, once you take that into effect and realize it's kind of equal... You know, it can help certain things. It certainly hurts certain things. But to view it as a, as a societal basis, what is the cost of the war on drugs on society versus the benefit that it provides? Yeah. Reagan. That's all I can say about war on drugs, really. <laughs> Reagan. 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 You hear about the news about that, uh, Nancy Reagan? Mm-mm. How she said she's voting Democrat? Really? she doesn't want any of these nutbags to become president? <laughs> <laughs> I, obviously, I'm 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 adding my own little color to this, but that's pretty much what she's saying. She's like, I'm voting Democrat because all these guys really are stupid. It's interesting that you say that about um, Mrs. Reagan. Yeah, because I just uh, I would want to quickly touch on this. I wasn't really going to cover it, but in the Republican debate, um, legalization of marijuana made a little bit of a flutter, right? Yeah, a little bit of, of peak. Right. Jeb Bush admitted that he had smoked it forty years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Christie came out with a really interesting idea that he is so strict on it that he would even go so far as arresting people in states where it's legal. Yeah, his you whole know, state because right. those uh, those conservative values of states' rights, right above, right. <laughs> are up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially Chris Christie. Right. He wants l- to get his Gestapo hands all over the 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 weeds. Right. We're all for states' rights unless your states uh, believe in. Rights that we don't believe in. (laughs) Gay marriage and and legalization of pot. Right. And uh, Carly Fiorina came out kind of emotional and said that we're fooling ourselves when we tell our young kids that marijuana is okay because I had to bury a daughter due to drug addiction and she wants to get tough on it. Yeah. So that makes you think. We were having a conversation about marijuana. Did her daughter die from... Marijuana, marijuana overdose yes what's she the connection did. and um actually her i mean it's tragic but her daughter died from alcohol abuse and prescription drug overdose yeah which two totally legal which item. are already legal 100 percent legal not like a hundred not like a hundred and like fifty thousand percent legal there's right. like nobody mentioned anything about the debates about those two items right and it's odd that she would tie her daughter's Death, even though I mean it certainly is tragic, it has nothing to do with marijuana. It has to do with addiction, though, and that's all she is thinking about. I'm sure. Right, but your daughter was addicted to things that are legal. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we won't get too much on a tangent about that, but it did come up in the Republican debate a little bit, and we're actually recording over the top of the Democrat debate. So that's happening it's right recording. now. Recording as we speak. We so are we watching it. See. We watched like about half of it so far. Yeah, so we will see if it comes up okay. there as well. Jim Webb, drop out. That's all I can say. <laughs> you're strange. <laughs> you're weird. What are you, Republican? <laughs> Jeez. You're the mole, aren't you? So I'll start on the lighter side of this a little bit. Um, the tax revenue okay. that it brings. Um, we're able to look at Colorado so far. A few states have um, legalized it now. The Colorado, we it's been in place the longest, so yeah. we can look at it. Yeah, like when they passed it, it was like the next... Like January, there was, it was right. So after the first fiscal year, um, the total tax revenue that Colorado is supposed to reap from uh, weed, it's between the tax that people 
pay when they purchase it. And it is the excise tax that is charged on businesses that sell it. Wow. Is uh, $98 million. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And forty million of that, they are devoting to public schools. Yeah, so nearly half up. straight to public schools. And they have a lotto on top of that there. So they have- right. <laughs> we know how lottos actually, how little they actually benefit Contribute to the school system. And I mean, it's sad to say, but ta- we we tax revenue could also go that way. Where right now it's nearly fifty percent, and then yeah. it kind of gets eaten away and eaten away. But right now, it looks pretty good. Is does it give higher education a whole new meaning then? I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so My dad got high and now he can buy band instruments. <laughs> so the war on drugs, what does it... So we know that we have tax benefits, health benefits, but what does it cost us as a society, right? Our, our feel our feel goods? Our feel goods, yeah. yeah for our society. Um, I read the quote from Harry Anslinger last time. Mm -hmm. I think I'll just repeat that. Harry Anslinger was the guy who kind of got the frenzy against marijuana up and going, right? He put the blood, the chum in the water pretty much. Right. Um, He said to Congress that at this point, um, weed, heroin, they were drugs that were delivered by your doctor Mm -hmm. via prescription. Yeah. So he started talking to Congress about the negative effects on weed, and he did that right after Prohibition, right? Mm-hmm. Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. Turkey. The primary reason to outlaw marijuana is its effect on the degenerate races. Uh, most weed smokers are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana use. Tenic. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with the Negroes, entertainers, and any Taking others. all your women. God. <laughs> so That's such a I, right from there we get where the start where it comes from, right? Yeah. And they're using pretty much white fear. Right. For that. Exactly. And um it's chronicled in this uh really interesting book that I've kind of got without reading it the gist of it's called chasing the scream and it's about the effect of the war on drugs and the way we treat addicts in the united states yeah and one doctor specifically who was um prescribing marijuana legally and then it became illegal he accounts of his watching his patients and -hmm. what they had to go through they went from law-abiding patients who maybe had social anxiety, who had trouble sleeping, who had, you know, problems that people deal with today and get a prescription drug for it. Mm-hmm. It essentially turned these same people into criminals. Because they tried, they're trying to score. Yeah, Or exactly. trying to get what they wanted. And they have to go through illegal means to get their... Just to get normal. Right, Exactly. And he talks about how the uh, it was a states-by-state issue, marijuana. Mm. And California was one of the last holdout states. California said, you know what? You guys do whatever you want. We have a system here that w- works really well for us. The doctors prescribe it to the patients. They know the patients. We're not going to say on a, a state level that it should be banned. And the Chinese gangs who ran... California at that time actually bribed the the city officials city officials to make it illegal because their clients were going all of the uh, all of their parts of their gangs that were throughout the United States were seeing a huge increase in profits because no one could get their drugs legally anymore. Yeah. These Chinese gangs in California were going down the tubes because the drugs there were legal and no one had to go through yeah. them to get Especially with the, the whole drugs. prohibition thing going on at the time. They were able to make money off that. Now that's dried up. Right. Dried up. Exactly. <laughs> and and they, they, the, the gangs there were like, this isn't fair. Everywhere else, people have to go through us to get their drugs. This is the only place where we're not making any money and no one's liking the opium dens anymore (laughs) right (laughs) and so they actually uh they had to bribe the federal narcotics 
narcotics agents to come into California and to crack down. That's funny. Yeah. That is really, that's rich. It's rich right there. So if you are looking for who benefits from the drug war, the fact that gangs bribed federal narcotics agents to make drugs illegal, (laughs) it kind of tells you everything you need to know. That's funny. That is really funny. And currently, uh, California has a medical marijuana law, so that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So it's come full circle. Now the doctors can go and prescribe it again. So, like I said with Harry Anslinger, his quote was obviously, it was loaded, it was race loaded, right? Yeah. So people talk about the war on drugs now being essentially Jim Crow laws. Mm. And why do they, why? So do Jim Crow. Right. Why is that? Well, because, I mean, why is that? I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, well, I mean, it kind of, it's kind of, it was delivered that way. It was delivered as being like a minority only problem when in all reality, everybody does drugs. Right. Everybody. Whites and blacks do drugs about the same. Um, 50% both ways. <laughs> uh, if you look at it comparatively, nearly 20% of whites have used cocaine. Only about 10% of blacks and Latinos have used cocaine. It's because they can't afford it. A higher percentage of whites use uh, marijuana than blacks. And blacks, the only drug that uh, is more popular among black people than white people is crack. Okay? Crack is whack. However, black people are arrested for drug possession more than three times as often as white people. So... So they use it about the same. Uh, black people use crack more. White people use cocaine and mm-hmm. marijuana more. But black people are more than three times as likely to be arrested. Wow. And this happens because it's easy for cops to go in to low-income neighborhoods where more black people live and bust. And violate the rights. Violate the <laughs> rights and bust up these drug houses Mm -hmm. instead of going to Santa Barbara or wherever in these big multi-million dollar homes and busting the the rich mayor's kid at Coachella right (laughs) so it's easier and no one really cares yeah right and so it doesn't get exposure it gets cops the numbers they get to seize all the money and the drugs yeah goes back into the police department it's easy the thing is, is that when we say it's the new Jim Crow is because once you're arrested, you become a second class citizen. Yeah. If more blacks are being arrested than whites for the exact same thing, if it, if you get a three strikes law or you're or carrying any felony, any, really? any felony, you can't vote anymore. You don't get to carry a gun you don't there is a whole slew harder to get a job yeah it's almost impossible to get a job we've all filled out that application where it says are you a felon are you a felon and we all get to check no Mm -hmm. and it's hard enough to get a job while checking no can you imagine how often people get and what kind of jobs are they janitors at not at high schools (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you have to think that if black people are being arrested more and they're losing all of these rights. It is no doubt that it is in this sort of downward spiral that the rest of us don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Jim Crow laws weren't on the books. They didn't say there was no official Jim Crow law. Right. You can't eat here or you can't. We're not going to hire you or we're not going to, you know. It was a societal thing. It was just a societal thing. And that's exactly what this is. It's just a societal understanding that black people get arrested more for drug use, Mm -hmm. marijuana use especially. And because of that, the fathers go to jail. Young boys are raised without dads. I mean, it's just... It's a perpetual cycle. It's a perpetual cycle. And we're... That's one part that they ho- I hope they talk about in the Democratic debate about what they're going to. I know that public sentiment is kind of turning on this, saying we need to fix. We the- need we need to treat the addiction not not make people criminals very much. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. that's one of the problems that we have is that we treat everyone a criminal, 
like they sold the item, not as if they were users. Of exactly. The item. And yeah, we definitely need to treat an addict differently than a criminal. Yeah. It's a hug, not shackles. <laughs> the final piece to this is mandatory sentencing. Yeah. Okay. This came about, it was a great idea that people were so excited that these guys that kept going in and out of jail for, you know, petty crimes or whatever, that they were finally going to get locked up, right? The, mm-hmm. the three strikes law. Now, and mandatory sentencing and the three strikes law is what is turning these petty criminals or these people that would otherwise. I mean, I read a story about a guy who was carrying enough weed to have two weeds to have two joints arrested. And because it was his third time, he's currently serving 13 years in prison. Nice. He's got two kids, 13 years in prison for recreational use of marijuana. for recreational use. Right. And it's mandatory sentencing. Yeah, because California has this three strikes rule. They're the ones that implemented it first. And so, yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of life. Lifers. I mean, it's not lifers anymore. They're 13 years, 20 years. You know, they don't serve uh, life in prison, but they do serve long terms in prison, and it causes the overpopulation down there. It co- Yeah, overpopulation and the fact that people that haven't done, I mean, if you look at comparing it to hurting someone, to killing someone, to abusing someone, to smoking weed, and they're serving the same kind of sentence, I don't care if it's your 15th time or your first time, it it shouldn't be that long of a sentence. No, it shouldn't. And you know who lobbies for this more than anyone who loves that we have mandatory sentencing is the private prison lobby. Yeah. Private prisons have exploded because our prison system has exploded. Yeah. And private pre- prisons are not a good thing. No, they're not. Absolutely not. They, when you start making money off people becoming criminals, you're only going to get more criminals. You're only going to get more criminals. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad cycle. It's a bad cycle. It's a bad cycle. And, and they're not teaching rehabilitation. They're teaching. Just, they're just locking people up. They make more money when there are criminals. You're going to have more criminals, and they are the number one lobby for mandatory sentencing. So if wow. you are wondering who benefits from mandatory sentencing it's not society as a whole it's not you know mothers against drug driving it's not any of these groups lobbying for this it's people that make money when we lock these people up yeah wow and private prisons are terrible if you want to know about private prisons just we could talk about that later they i mean they the health care goes down the drain because it costs them money they eat chinese newspapers (laughs) Yeah, they. I mean, it, it's just, yeah. It's private prisons not. are awful. Yeah, it's really that's true. Yeah, private prisons are. Well, well, we should do a podcast about that. Private prisons. Yeah, we should. I think that'd be a good one. I think so too. Cool. So just to wrap it up, that's the whole marijuana thing. Health versus health, pros and cons. It's pretty equal, but the cost that it's wreaking on our society. It's negative. It's, you have to balance that and with the health benefits coupled with the terrible costs on our society it just doesn't make sense it should be legalized and it should be legalized in the same way the alcohol and cigarettes are legalized um don't sell it to kids don't allow people to drive with it and watch our prison population dwindle dwindle watch private prisons Go down the tube, watch the everything that's going in, um, going on in El Paso. Oh, with the drug, the drug wars down there. Yeah, the the Mexican cartel stuff. Yeah, yeah, it'll that. all fall away. Yeah, obviously there are other drugs, heroin, crack, cocaine, meth, meth but marijuana is number one, it's and we could drug. be making money on on it instead of paying to lock people up. As rap stars say, uh, we would make a guap on it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say guac. I said And guap. if you're looking for a good book to read about it, Chasing the Scream, it talks about um, this idea that we punished, 
we punish people that are addicts. Addicts are notoriously people that have already been abused. Mm -hmm. If you're abused as a child, you're like three or four more times more likely to become an addict. And then once these people get old and they don't have anywhere to turn, we punish them further. And we need to figure out how to adjust our thinking when it comes to addicts. Should. Interesting. Indeed. And that is our weed sweet. (laughs) Sounds funny. Weed sweet. Weed sweet. And like I said before, I loved this subject. If you guys have a suggestion, you should tell it to us. Go on our Facebook. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. So, what you got, mister? What's I, what I got? Well, as I've mentioned before, I am a huge Disney nerd. Disney geek. Disney Disney. I just love Disney. Let's just say that. I've been kind of fiending for it lately. I've been wanting to go back. Hopefully, I'll be able to go soon. If that's if I had my way, I'd go tomorrow. But you know, I don't have my way. <laughs> but I heard like it's like really overpacked over there right now because the uh, UEA is going on right now, and that's um, like the time you don't want to go, right? Unless you're like a Utah fan or a BYU fan, because then you go Utah, BYU. Yeah, you yeah. see all your peeps there. Yeah, yeah. It's like a was it um what does UEA stand for? Uh, Utah Education Association or something like that. Yeah, something. But I think. Uh, it's UEA stands for or for people at Disneyland it means uh, Utah enters Anaheim I think that's what it means <laughs> right yeah so well Disneyland's one of my uh, is my favorite park uh, it's my number one park I've so far been to Disney World Disneyland and Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris you know uh, but also I mean I've been to Disney World Disney World's one of, uh, is really awesome we went, that, went there about last year about mm-hmm. a year ago yeah about uh, a year ago right now actually yeah about yeah okay came back from it like couple weeks ago from right mm-hmm. now well um one of my favorite parks there was uh epcot oh yeah yeah so epcot i mean it's great we, we stumbled upon a time that they were actually doing the uh, food and wine festival so it was really awesome to go and indulge in that a bit uh, but we did what was called drinking around the world over there um right so let me just go over just a brief history on epcot and why it's why i can say it's my favorite park uh, out of all the group of parks that are there uh it's my number one uh, close number two would be Animal Kingdom, three would be uh, Hollywood Studios, and then four would be Magic Kingdom. The only reason I, I could tell you why I don't like Magic Kingdom is because I like Disneyland, and right. Disneyland is nothing like, or Magic Kingdom is nothing like Disneyland. So. <laughs> and you okay. expected it to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like, ah, this sucks. Right. But anyway, um, Epcot, it's uh, pretty much a, a brainchild of Mr. Walt Elias Disney. He, uh, he always had an idea of a utopia ever since he did the uh, the World's Fair. Um, so he always wanted a perfect world. And if you actually see the movie Tomorrowland, you'll know you'll see a representation of that uh, with George Clooney on um, what he deemed what a perfect world was. Intelligent being, intelligent people creating uh, intelligent ideas to make a utopian society. Uh, you know, pretty much mass transit, uh, you know, space travel, um, you know, Green, like a uh, horticulture and all that other stuff, like modern horticulture, uh, you know, environmentally sound, uh, world, pretty much. Right. Um. So he he developed what's called Epcot, and uh, to to pretty much tell you what Epcot means, it means experimental prototype community of tomorrow, and um, uh, it's a utopian city. Um, that was that was founded by Walt Disney, as I said, um, and it actually consists it, this this world this park pretty much is 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 like a representation of that, a mini representation of, of a utopian society, but a representation nonetheless. And we all know Epcot because of the big giant ball, the geodesic, geohe- whatever, geodome, whatever mm-hmm. they called it. Yeah, so big called, silver ball. Yeah, it's called uh, Spaceship Earth. It's actually a ride inside of there. Sadly, I didn't get to go on it, but uh, it's it's a ride that actually goes and chronicles the history of man, and it tells about the future as well, and what type of society we're going to bring ourselves and stuff like that, so... Really cool idea there, but it also consists of two major parts. Um, the major, the first part is Future World. It has uh, Spaceship Earth, as I mentioned. Uh, the Universe of Energy uh, it has Interventions, which is the, uh, if you're not familiar with Interventions is, it's an area where they showcase a lot of brand new technologies for home and life. Um, okay. They also have the seas area, which talks about, um, you know, the oceans and how we take care of that, as well as like a couple of attractions there and there, like the Nemo and Friends attraction. Uh, the land, which offers some of the really coolest attractions, uh, has that Soren um, over California, or Soren as they call it over there, um, and a couple other like little mini like uh, 
the food exhibit that we went on. It's a little tiny train that ta- a little tiny boat that takes you across their, their garden area, and what modern technology they're using with the genetics and everything and having to do with gardening. Um, also, there's imagination, which when we saw it was keep featuring Captain EO and that horrible ride with that little dragon. Uh, that was just <laughs> like a waste of our freaking time. Yeah, that ride sucked. <laughs> well, Future World consists of all that. It has Test Track, which is a really popular racing ride, uh, which is sponsored by uh, Chevrolet. Really awesome, fast ride. It yeah, goes about 60 miles an hour. Um, also has uh, Mission Space, which is another ride I didn't get to go on, sadly. Um, which is pretty much you flying to space in, in a in a spinning capsule, pretty much. So it feels like that you're really launching and taking off. Uh, so really cool ide- ideas there. But um, the design of these buildings are very futuristic, or at least old futuristic. Uh, lots of sharp corners, pyramids, uh, lots of glass, steel, uh, water, f- and stone. And pretty much all those are combined together to make it look like it's a futuristic world. Um, the two the two areas is is that future world area that I mentioned, and also uh, another one was which is called the World Showcase. Now that's where you do the drinking around the world. Right. So if you're not familiar with what that is, it's an unofficial event, yet official event, because, I mean, you go around and they have, like, shirts that say you've been drinking around the world. Right. Um, and it's a, you can either go clockwise or counterclockwise. Um, I prefer to go clockwise because you start off in Mexico, and I love, I love starting off in Mexico. <laughs> um, the countries that you hit are pretty much Mexico, uh, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, the U.S., Japan, Morocco, France, the United Kingdom, and Canada. Can't go wrong with that order, I would say. It sounds perfect. So, um, but all these uh, areas are just little anchors that of that are representative of each of their countries. So, if you go to Mexico, you're going to see an old Mayan temple. Uh, if you go to Norway, you're going to see all these little chalets and pointy buildings. Um, China, you're going to have the old Chinatown feel with the big old arches and and like communist looking stuff all over the place. Uh, Germany, it actually looks like Germany. We've been to Germany, yeah. and it's very close to what we've seen before. Uh, at least small town Germany. Um, Italy, kind of cool. It's a little palazzo feel, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the United States is really cool um, because it offers a couple of attractions that, that I really like. Right. Um, number one, if you're drinking around the world, it offers a, a frozen lemonade that has red stag in it, which if you have never had red stag, it's like a black cherry whiskey. Mm-hmm. If you have that with, that with that frozen lemonade, it's like one of the best things ever. It's like having a cherry limeade. It's like the best thing ever. And my favorite drink in drinking around the world was the perfectly ice cold Sam Adams I had in the United, in the United States. States. <laughs> oh man, it was good. I was so hot and it was so cold. And I had been drinking really weird shit. You know, because in China you get some, I mean in Japan it was weird. Like and a sake gel. A that sake got, gel and oh Norway. We that, we had that oh. uh, aquavit. Uh, if you ever oh. have, I, I recommend everyone if they're going to do this to try. <laughs> it's like a hazing thing. <laughs> um, I've heard I've heard lots of things because I, I, I look at guides before I went and they're like you know you gotta try the Aquavit so I'm like you know what I saw a lady have it at at a booth um she I go what do you have to drink she's like oh, I have Aquavit I'm like what's Aquavit she goes it's a really uh root liquor like a, it's like almost like a Jägermeister and I'm like oh okay cool I like Jäger <laughs> Aquavit tastes like shit <laughs> it's, it's, it is rough it's like um if you drink Listerine. Straight up, like you had to drink the Listerine, you know, without yeah. the mint flavor. <laughs> you know, classic Listerine without the mint flavor. It's like that. Yeah. It's really. And so I went. By the time I got to the U.S., I had had some pretty uh, good bad drinks. wine in Italy. Yeah. Like I mean, we were trying really hard to to do what was the biggest thing in the region. And when I got to the United States and I had that perfect Sam Adams, I was like, okay, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> well, so we start off in Mexico, got margaritas. Uh, yeah. Norway, we did the Aquavit. Uh, China, we just did some slushy drinks, some plum wine, I think it was. It was a plum wine slushy. Yeah. It's not official to the area, but influenced <laughs> by the area. Right. Um, Germany, we actually hit first because we had lunch there. Right. Um, so it's kind of weird. We had to drive all the way to Germany, take a boat to Germany, mm-hmm. ate there, and we had beer. Big beer. You, you had a beer flight. I had the big old Steino beer, mm-hmm. really good, awesome, cold beer. So don't Great ask them beer. if it's don't ask them if it's warm. They'll laugh at you. <laughs> um, and that was where we actually first influence uh, saw the people there that were working there. We were like, oh man, we were standing in line for the restaurant because we ate at the beer garden uh, restaurant, which is a buffet style restaurant. And um, 
there was uh we were like hearing people have slight accents you know german accents german accents like and what would you say like, i was like i can't believe disney is such a company that would like influence yeah people, tell people i was to gonna do say it. hitler but that was but like it's so uptight that they feel like they can make these poor interns college kids college kids speak in a german accent for eight hours during their shift i was horrified and then you get up to the front of the line and you look at all their name tags and it says where in germany they're from yeah they're like from frankfurt berlin right and that was how it was in all the countries disney brings people in from those countries to work there that's pretty damn cool it is pretty cool yeah but I mean, I'm sure they don't get paid. But anyway, um, <laughs> so like every country that we went to had people that were from there, except for Mexico. I think Mexico had most. I didn't really notice anybody from Mexico there. Um, at least when the guy who was serving us our margaritas didn't look like he was from Mexico. <laughs> right. Uh, so we went from Germany and then we went to Italy and that's where we had that nasty ass wine. Um, but it, it really was cool looking there. We got to chill there for a bit and saw some street for p- performers and it looked really pretty. And they use a lot of forced perspective there. So it looks like you're actually in a palazzo in in Italy. Um, But then we went to the United States, and as I was mentioning, the two items were the Sam Adams and the the Red Stag uh, Frozen Lemonade. But it has what's called the American Experience, um, which we happened to get lucky. Um, It was the last showing of the day. We really wanted to see it. It already started. We were off by like five minutes, and the guy let us in afterwards. Yeah, that was awesome. I wish I would have got his name, but... Security guard let us sit in the back, and we watched the remainder of the performance, and it was really awesome use of animatronics. And the thing is, is the sign out front says using live actors, so they they portray it like it's something that's like you know you're gonna watch a show, but it's all animatronics that yeah, they do, that, that load up and down and everything, and it tells America's story, which is pretty awesome. And it's narrated narrated by Morgan Freeman, yeah, which is always nice to hear. Um, after that was Japan. We ate in Japan a little for dinner. Uh, we mm-hmm. had sushi there, and then we had that sake gel, and I think a couple, like another drink or something like that. Um, Morocco, slushy, more drinks. slushy drinks. Yeah, see, that's like the standard. <laughs> if, if you can't find what you want or what they say is like really like spider poison, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I'll get the uh, orange blossom drink. Thank you. <laughs> oh, rice wine, perfect. Thank you. Uh, France, we had champagne, champagne under the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> That's Lucy based right there. <laughs> it's off in the distance. Yes. It was fun. Um, and you also have a, a beef bourguignon there. Yes, a little they, taste of delicious beef bourguignon. Because they had a, like I said, it's during a food and wine festival. So all these little <laughs> carts are strewn about that um, feature uh, temporary items that aren't norm- normally there. So you could buy them for like five bucks for a little entree, like a little tasting, and get uh, that in a beverage for like 10 bucks. Yeah, it's, almost each country has a little cart. Yeah, that you can go to. Like, I didn't get my freaking pretzel in Germany so sad <laughs> whatever uh the united kingdom strongbow strongbow that's always a great one to have it was delicious uh, that was really good and then canada of course canadian beer of course you had a pumpkin ale didn't you yeah smoked pumpkin ale yeah, yeah it was too. good yeah. and by the but the time we got to canada man i was full i was so drunk oh my <laughs> gosh and it's such a weird thing because you've been i've been to theme parks my whole life and there's a certain kind of protocol you have with theme parks you know you don't want to bump into anyone you kind of avoid little kids that are amazed at everything and they're just kind of wandering around Um, you you don't buy too much stuff because everything's overpriced you kind of value your time in a different way to make sure that you get to see the things you want before the park closes Mm -hmm. once you're drunk like really really drunk in a theme park it's so interesting because all of that just kind of goes out the window. Zero fucks are given after that. <laughs> right. Well, I think after like after that time, we had to head to to Japan, back to Japan, so we could go watch the night show, which is the Illumination show, because um, we had reservations at a restaurant there, um, right? Like the Japanese restaurant there. So we did that. Um, sat down and and did that. And I was like, we started off with that buffet, and it just knocked me off my ass because I I when I eat a buffet, I go fucking ham on it. Um, so. <laughs> I was so freaking full at that moment. Adding all the beverages on top of that, I was so not feeling it. I was like, <laughs> oh man, I am never going to eat before I drink around the world ever again. But I mean, pretty much uh, out of 
and when, when the park opened initially, it had nine pavilions. It didn't feature uh, Norway or Morocco, so those were added. And if you look at certain uh, planners at Disney, if you look at an overhead map of there, there's room for six more pavilions, for six more countries that can be pr- presented there. Oh, really? It doesn't feel that way, though. No, it feels yeah. tight. Yeah, so... But if you look at it, there's at least six more areas that could add additional pavilions of the same size as Morocco. And Morocco was pr- was pretty damn cool. Yeah, Morocco yeah. was cool. It had a little like a alleyways and Aladdin feel yeah. kind of. Well, that's where you can meet Aladdin. <laughs> that was the funny thing about that is that they these each one of these uh, countries, they had characters you could meet. Um, like I think it was in Mexico we met uh, Donald. Th- three, three caballeros, Donald. Oh, my gosh. That Nor- was the highlight of my <laughs> life. Norway you can meet um, the frozen people, the people from Frozen, and that's mm-hmm. why actually they uh, we saw we were on one of the last rides of the Maelstrom ride, there. Right before they turn it into, into the frozen, frozen from Frozen ride. Um, mm-hmm. China I think had Mulan, that was where you can meet her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italy, I don't recall if they had anybody in Italy. I don't think they did. Uh, United States just had characters like Mickey dressed up in like uh, patriotic gear, the old uh, revolutionary style, because that's the theme of the area. It's not like modern America; it's like revolutionary 1776 America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan, um, I don't know if you can meet anybody there. Probably just characters in in that decor. Morocco, you can meet Aladdin and Jasmine, which I thought right, was and cool. they had it was kind of it felt like that. It had little shops with uh, scarfs for sale, little fezzes that you could buy. Yeah, and it had it felt like you were walking on sandstone. So yeah, it was really really cool. It, it was, was really cool. really pretty, and it smelled like it too. That's the thing about these areas is that it has like uh, they had incense burning, and you know it feels like you're in these countries. And this was before we went to France, so I didn't know anything about it. But now that I'm comparing it to that, it kind of they're they do a really good job i'll just yeah, say that they do you know france did feel like france to me yeah it had a lot of cobblestone uh there was that big bridge mm-hmm. and france is filled with these huge beautiful bridges yeah. so they should do the lock bridge there they should that, that would be, be awesome. cool that'd be pretty cool uh the united kingdom was really cool because uh we got to meet alice in wonderland or alice from alice, oh, alice. yeah right that was fun and yeah. they have all their little shops and stuff look like pubs yeah and they're supposed to have really good fish and chips at one of the pubs there yeah too bad i wasn't hungry enough to uh, eat indulge in that <laughs> and then canada looks like the pacific northwest it's like <laughs> right like, like it's a lot of wood Rick, uh-huh. Mor- Rick Moranis is there. Or no, it seems like at least <laughs> a lot of pine trees. A lot of pine trees. A lot of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's really. I've ne- I've been to Canada once, but it was like Alberta, so it doesn't count. But, but I'm pretty sure if I went to British Columbia, it would be exactly like that, because <laughs> they did a really good job on that. But but anyway, if you have a chance, go visit. Um, if you like to be an adult and and get drunk in a an amusement park, you're gonna spend a pretty penny on that. Oh uh, yes, I think uh, yeah, we, pretty penny. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, spend a pretty penny on it, but if you invest in it and plan it out accordingly, uh, don't eat a lot. That's my word of wisdom. Just don't eat uh, before you start drinking, and uh, you'll have a damn good time. I think um, yeah. on both sides. Um, you know, the only reason I wasn't able to get all my rides done in there is because I started drinking around the world. Right. But if you have a goal of drinking around the world, you could get it done, and it's not that hard. Right. And then eat after you're done drinking, <laughs> not before you drink. But yeah, that's Epcot for you. Uh, visit Epcot. That's one of my recommendations. Uh, and, uh, you know, check it out. It's definitely the highlight of Disney World. I just want to go back there, honestly. I want to spend two days there. I think me drinking around the world twice would be fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get on, get on the rides that I didn't get to go on last time. But yeah, that's my, that's my thing. So that's my item this week. Epcot. Epcot. Go visit it. It's worth the admission it alone. It's fun, it for is. sure. Especially if you take your friends. I'm pretty sure if you take your friends, you'd be a rowdy bunch there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and inside the Mexico Pavilion, go on that ride. There's a Three Caballeros ride that features like all these little the characters. It's really cute. It is fun. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, that brings us what? To learning corner, y'alls. Yeah. Pour yourself some nice tea right there. I don't know if that's from watch the uh, Madagascar penguins movie. It's really funny. Check it out. So what are you uh, what you what you sharing with us this week? What's our, what what knowledge are you dropping on the Mr. and Mrs. podcast? Well, week? since it's October, um, I thought I would kind of lean toward a maybe a spooky learning corner. Spooky. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna try and do uh, maybe uh, after this podcast. I'm gonna try to see if we could plan on doing like Halloween scary theme stuff for a couple weeks. Yeah. So I thought we'd I'd get us started off with the Ouija board. What 
Is that yeah. based off that movie? Ouija. I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. I thought we did see it. No, I wanted to see it, but Rotten Tomatoes says it sucked. It was like 6%. Yeah, yeah. like most horror movies. <laughs> Boo. Jason X. It's like 2%. <laughs> and I've seen Jason X like 10 times. Have you ever used a Ouija board? Uh, I don't think I ever will. You never have and you never will? I never have and I never will. Why is that? Uh, it's my... Uh, Superstitions? Uh, yeah, I believe more in voodoo than I do in Ouija. Let's just say that. I, okay. okay. I'll just... Uh, I I just don't want to. I just don't want to delve in that. Really? I just, yeah. I, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Well, um, I've never I've never played with one either. Uh, Not even fake ones. I've like like I I've had the kid at school where he made his own Ouija board, right. and they put their little fingers on the piece of paper and they're doing it. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not. <laughs> I, so, the my strong Christian upbringing prohibits me, prohibits me to do that. <laughs> uh, it came about in the late uh, 1800s. A guy actually filed a a patent a patent for the Ouija board. Uh, it came about uh, based off psychics. They used this tool called a what was called a planchette. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've kind of all seen these. They sit about three or four inches off a table. They've got two wheels and a hole. It's like a, shaped like a triangle. It's got uh, two wheels and a hole that you put a pencil or a pen through. And then people would talk to the so-called psychic and she would move the planchette around and it would kind of... Uh, write words so she would she would move it oh, around yeah. and it would kind of it, it'd be like scrawl. a script like a scrawl of it and right and like yeah I think I've seen videos about that where they use that and they start writing it and it's her controlling it right um but but she would say that she, the spirits obviously were communicating communicating to her and yeah. she's just taking it down and the funny thing is is that um the videos I've seen about it is that uh, they determine on the the accuracy of the writing because sometimes it's very loose, you know. It's right. Like that. If they they deem that as the strength of the ghost that's coming through, which I oh, thought really? was kind of cool. That yeah. is interesting. I lo- I love Ouija boards. Okay, I love the idea of them. I just will never touch one. Right, and so we all know that's where the pat- the idea came in. Mm-hmm. We've all seen a Ouija board, right? It's got all the letters. It's got a yes and a no. It's got a goodbye. Mm-hmm. Which is creepy as fuck. If right. They use that goodbye. The idea is that you're always supposed to close on a goodbye to keep the spirits at bay. Wow. Right. That's what that, the instructions that, say. And that's why I won't touch one. And then um, the instructions also say that you're supposed to play with a, a two or more people. Um, not by yourself. Not by yourself. And um, ask a question and wait up to five minutes for a response. Supposedly, the more you do this the more spirits will speak to you the kind of faster it will go so if you're not getting responses at first they recommend to just kind of shut it down come back later. come back later try again only have people at the table that are serious you know as um i actually listen to uh stuff you should know about the Ouija board really and as they said the guy with the lampshade on his head with the cocktail in his hand he probably shouldn't be in charge of the Ouija (laughs) what is plurg (laughs) yeah Ralph get out of here so like I said I've never used one but looking from the outside it seems pretty easy to figure out that one of the people is just moving it right at least we all assume they're so. goofing and they're trying to freak everyone at the party out why did it say i am satan <laughs> and you know there's the inevitable i'm not moving it you're moving it, you're moving it. <laughs> you know we all kind of assume that somebody's somebody's it. pushing it mm-hmm. and um what's actually revealed is that the little piece of plastic that you're moving is very very sensitive it's on casters like little gliders right and you're just supposed to barely put your fingertips on it and it's moved due to the what's called the idiomotor effect okay okay and what that is emphasis on the idio (laughs) what that is is that the unconscious mind can make the body do something without the mind 
being aware of it. So it's like pulling up receptors pretty much. Right. So let's say that you ask the Ouija board a question. Your sympathetic vibrations. And (laughs) you ask, you know, is Harold in the room with us? And you're thinking to yourself, I really hope Harold's in the room with us. What your body tells your muscles to do is to solve the equation for you. (laughs) And it's not like you know. It's not like you're saying yes. So when you are feeling it, apparently it really feels like something is pulling you because the nerves and the muscles are so small and minute that you don't realize that you are doing it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not... I mean, I, I my idea is on that is that you probably have your two fingers on there with your best friend, right? Mm-hmm. It's that it doesn't just require your two fingers to move to yes. It's your arms as well and your body. Or- the thing is, is even when one person works it. Mm-hmm. So it says in the rules that two people need to work it. And if you are thinking that someone is moving it and it's not you, you need to have two people working it, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is it works even when one person is working it. Mm-hmm. It's your subconscious. Psych- psychosomatic pretty much. Right. right. It's your subconscious is trying to solve the question for you. It knows that you already know the answer, and it's just telling your body to solve it for you. Imagine you have a skeptic in there. Is Harold in here? No. Okay. Is Jim in here? No. Okay. Right, and that's why they say that you need people that believe, because if you're a skeptic or you're joking around and you sit down, your subconscious isn't t- telling you anything. It's, it's saying this is a load of cr- shit. Yeah. So don't bother with it. But if you're open to it and you are asking for questions, your s- and your subconscious knows what you want the answer to be, mm-hmm. it will drive your body to solve the equation for you. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. This is kind of seen in the... Um, it's called, I've seen it a few times um, where women, there's this theory that women, when you're trying to figure out what uh, sex of the baby is going to be. Okay. So you hold what's called, it's the pendulum test where you hold like a, 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 a ring or a diamond or something on the end of a string hold it over the pregnant woman's belly if it goes in back and forth means it's going to be a boy if it goes in circles it means it's going to be a girl it's like those dowling wads to wands to exactly and you'll see the hand be completely still and all of a sudden the string starts moving and it seems like something is saying yeah this is going to be a boy this is going to be a girl but what it is is it's showing the mother's preference and the string is magnifying her tiny movements. Yeah, and super tiny movies, movements that you can't see. That she doesn't even feel. It's interesting. And that's why the casters on the Ouija board need to move so smoothly. Is because if there was anything blocking it, they would realize that they themselves are pushing it. That's interesting. But when it <laughs> it's works... All, it's how you take the casters off. It's like... right it's not moving itself i swear so it's just these tiny little movements that you don't realize you're doing and when you exaggerate it by using a planchette by using a string these sorts of things magnify your tiny little movements interesting and these tiny little movements are being generated by your subconscious wow so it might seem creepy you could very easily you know, have your hand on it and feel it go to yes. And you're thinking, I didn't move that. <laughs> it wasn't me. You did. You did. Your bar- your brain just fucked you. <laughs> right in the A. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, I'm still not going to touch it. It's a devil's playground. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Devil's playground. That means that your subconscious is the devil's playground. Mm, that may and be the you're case. you're worried about what your subconscious will tell you. <laughs> Why is every answer Satan? I don't know. I just don't know. Freudian much? <laughs> anyway. Well, that's a nice and spooky. Yeah. I'm going to wind it back and I'm going to play some spooky music to that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Well, on that note, this is the Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. 
I'm Mr. Max. I'm Mrs. Lacey. You've been listening to us. We'll talk to you next week. I think we're going to try our best to make episodes every Monday. Try. Oh, I can't make next week about Halloween. You can, but mine's going to be about the Democratic debate. Oh, hell. Hell. Oh, hell. Maybe there'll be something spooky. Maybe it's something spooky. Like the Jim <laughs> Webb. Jim Webb is spooky. She wants to take away affirmative action. Jesus. <laughs> I believe in an all-white America with guns. Wow, how are you, Democrat? <laughs> Get out of here. You're a plant. Anyway, uh, you can listen to us on facebook.com forward slash Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. You can reach us at www.mrandmrspodcast.com. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-A-N-D-M-I-S-S-U-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah. Here our uh, friends just started a podcast. Oh, yeah. Brazen uh, Stones. Brazen Stones. Yeah. So you should check them out. Uh, they're uh, much ado about nothing. They like they're guys <laughs> who talk about what's grinding their gears. And uh, so if you like to hear people that are just griping, like old men sipping <laughs> some tea on front porch about the new ethnic minority that moved next door, <laughs> then listen to them. They're, it's entertaining. It's not like that, but anyway. It's entertaining. It's fun. It, it they talk a, a lot about comic books, which is cool. It features my uh, hetero life partner, Slappy McNuts. Yes. And then uh, my brother, real brother, mm-hmm. Mikey Funko. Mikey Funko and Johnny Cuervo, everybody's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> it's a party of libations. Man, that and guy. Uh, even though they, I guess, kind of think... Even though they, I think they said the name of this podcast should be "Guess Who Wears the Pants." Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. It starts with Mister, guys. It starts with Mister. <laughs> I wear the pants, and she wears the pants. <laughs> Peace out. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna leave so, it on that. Yeah, Brazen Stones, check them out. If you like, if you live in Salt Lake, especially, so especially they do. If you know us, you know them. Let's just say that exactly. So, yeah. Well, peace out, bitches.
nations that train brutal corporate sponsored dictators around the world. They're trying to build a prison. 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 So you and me to live in. Another prison to stop. Another prison to stop. Another prison to stop. They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison for you and me. Okay.